News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Skillnet Ireland, driving business success through innovative training and upskilling. And I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair this week, Joe Queen, and he's the Managing Director of Foxford Woolen Mills. Joe, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bobby. Now we want to go back, uh, not quite seven generations, but I know you're a, a seventh generation man from a place called Laherdane. I believe it's near Ballina. That's correct. Tell us a little bit about your early years, if you would. I was born in, on a small farm uh, in Laherdane, Ballina, uh, in 1960. Uh, my father was a postman uh, and a small farmer, and my mother minded the house. And there was four of us, and I was the youngest of the four. Okay. I was the only one I suppose to go to third level education, thanks to Donald Malley and free education. Yeah. Which liberated a lot of rural Ireland. Yeah, and uh, I know you did early work like being a tractor driver for a silage contractor. These are all life learnings, as they and, say, before you got into accountants. And character forming and yeah. it helped to pay me through college. Yeah. Um, you, where did you go to college? Went, went to Gordon Rabbi Secondary School in Crossbeline yeah. and then went to Sligo, as it was known, RTC, yeah. Sligo Regional College in, in Sligo for three years where I did accountancy. Right. And you worked then in accountancy in, in the UK um, and in, in some Irish practices before uh, we'll talk about Foxford, yeah? I worked, I w- w- qualified in, in the, 80s, 80, the early 80s and that was the time when the last person leaving the country switched the light off. Yeah. There was no jobs in Ireland. Inflation a bit like what it is now but a little, slightly higher. So I had to migrate and I worked for three years in the West End in a county firm there. Yeah. And then I came back and I joined uh, Burke uh, Gilroy and Gannon in, in 84 uh, just before they were appointed receivers of Foxford. Um, it, it is interesting that you are now as the managing director of this great ba- brand that you started life in Foxford as the receiver. So the clouds must have been pretty dark on your first day in Foxford. It was. It was a big day for the town, a bad day for the town. There was 89 people working there um, in August 87 when the receiver was appointed. Um, there was no hopes of other any alternative employment in the area. And our b- brief was to find a buyer as a going concern, if at all possible. Right. And you, the receiver, put yourself forward uh, as that buyer, I presume, with a conglomerate or yeah. some sort of backing. Yeah. It, it, it was a last ditch effort. We, we, we sent out a lot of business plans to a lot of people. If we got a fiver for all the ones we sent out, uh, but nobody was biting. It was a <clears throat> sunset industry, as it was seen at the time. All textile production was moving to the Far East. It was, it, textile was a dirty word. Banks didn't want to get involved in finance. Yeah. So there wasn't an appetite for, for a rescue other than you know, I saw the I saw the place. I saw the heritage of it, the energy that was there still is there today, and something you, when you're young you you don't see obstacles. Isn't it great? Yeah, it is. And what's wonderful about Foxford is, you know, as you say, the legacy of the brand started by a nun who hooked up with a, a Protestant Freemason, I believe, um, and you know, even things like the amount of people employed. Uh, through the business over the years, since 1892, you know, the, even the clock uh, at the factory had, you know, there was, it was called mill time. Is that right? Exactly. Tell us all that stuff. It's really interesting. Exactly. The buzzers was known was run off the steam boiler and it would, it would blow or sound at half seven in the mornings to, to get people ready for work at eight. It would sound again at, at one o'clock and sound again at two o'clock for people to come back to work and sound again at half five in the evenings when it works. So even people, I, I was across the, in Lardin, across the lake in Lachan, and people could hear the buzzer in the bog. They'd know what time it was to put on the kettle. Wow, wow. 
And so, so the repositioning now of, of the brand, uh, looking at the at the legacy, which is which is hugely positive, the difficult years in the early eighties, and the shift, I suppose, more from and I know you're still manufacturing, but but to become a lifestyle brand. Tell us about how you've made that transition. Bobby, the DNA of Oxford was a blanket and and the throw and the rogue. And with the demise of the blanket and the, and the advent of the duvet, it, it, there was a challenge there. What do we do? Um, we looked at producing, with the DNA associated with the bed, producing a range of bed linen in a wardrobe style, different styles, different colours that all matched and you could layer it up. Yeah. Um, we, our design team, led by Helen McAlinden, um, worked with two, three linen mills in Portugal and we developed a range. We designed it here in-house and it was... It, uh, produced in in Port- in Portugal, uh, then we decided to redesign our own throw range in collection to be more contemporary, contemporary, and match in with the with the, with the bed linen, and that has worked. People have bought into that, right? And can I ask you as well about, I suppose, <clears throat> and I think it's very exciting that if we if we start making things again, or if manufacturing closer to home becomes viable again, in that in that. You know, we can create jobs, people do things, people create things. And it's a much better place than working for the Far East, you know, depending on a supply chain. Exactly. And that's been demonstrated in the last two years. Um, if, if, you've, if you're design driven and design led and with the advent of, of all the high tech artificial intelligence in, in machinery and plant, it's sometimes it's getting less and less important where that's located. Yeah. So if it's located in Western Europe, uh, combine that with, with good design. Um, your your labour costs, because there's so much less, less labour involved in, in artificial intelligence, isn't a, a prohibitive factor as much as it was uh, when Foxford went into receivership in 87. Yeah, yeah. And again, as part of the brand building process now, you know, the visitor centre and the cafe uh, at the factory in Foxford, uh, you have the shop in Bridge Street in Westport, the concession in Arnott's. These are all other ways of... I suppose revitalizing a great brand. It's 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 channel mm. other other channels we use, and then the the big one as well as you refer to is is online. That has that has grown exponentially to us uh, during during COVID, and, and since then has held up. Yeah, and and tell us a little bit about the online operation, how that works. We, we put a lot of work uh, in, into online for the past 15, 10, 15 years, and it, it was a slow burn. But once COVID uh, hit, and once the lockdown started, my God, uh, the Irish people put on the green shirt. And they bought and bought, and it has transfer. It it helped us to get through COVID and to rebuild and to develop for the future. Yeah, and what kind of things do you see coming down the track in terms of your own strategy and your own business development that will, I suppose, you know, keep enhancing this lifestyle brand uh, versus manufacturer or traditional manufacturer. But what's what's become <clears throat> evident to us today is is food is such an important part of people's lives now. Yeah. And in two thousand and eight, we opened a cafe, and the cafe had a very clear point of view in that it was plant based menu, and it it was we got some reaction initially pushed back that people said where are the chips where where are the burgers, <laughs> but but we we kept miles away from that, and slowly we've built up a very good following, and we've started doing obviously with dressings on the on, on the on the on the salads, uh, chutneys and jams and preserves, and people are asking can I. Can I buy this as well? So we've started producing a small range of these of these products, but it has slowly got busier and busier. So much so, so much so that we've now in the process of building a six thousand square foot artisan production kitchen, 
which, right? which will cater for that. And that's hopefully <clears throat> will be up in operation in early September. How big is the is the actual factory itself? Have you got space to expand? We have 66,000 square feet at the moment, which is, we are ne- we've nearly filled every square inch of it. Have you? Yeah. So there will be a need possibly in the future to look at extra space. Yeah. And uh, when are we looking at Mayo for an All-Ireland? When is, when's that day coming? A long time. <laughs> um, you're, do you remember the last one? No, I don't. 1951. Nine years before you were born. Exactly. But I'm sure you still talk about it plenty. We still dream about it and it, it's, it's, it's something that we all... It'll be an anticlimax when we do win it, I think. <laughs> so just, uh, just an interesting fact about yourself, Joe. Um, you, we, we just alluded to it at the start, but you're deeply rooted in Mayo. That's why I asked you about the All-Ireland. But your family of seven, gen- seven generations with a direct link back to a 13-acre holding in Lahardane. That's that's a wonderful legacy, a personal legacy. It, it is. It's hard to believe that 13 acres kept people together for that length of time. Isn't it? And uh, my kids still are very much attached to the to the local area and then play football with the local uh, GA team. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, it's been a pleasure to see you. Um, great to talk to you about the wonderful business that Foxford Woolen Mills actually is and Thanks for coming up all the way to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Bobby. Cheers, Joe. Joe Queen in there, Managing Director of Foxford Woolen Mills. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.